Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Grow a Soul. Today I want to talk about launching, whether that's a new service, a digital product or even a physical product. I know that there are a lot of podcast episodes and resources out there which are all about launching with all the tips and the tricks um, and how to have this huge massively successful launch. But I also know that they can feel a little out of reach or out of touch with the kind of business you have and the kind of business that you want to have. So I have listened to podcast episodes where someone talks through the step by step of their launch, but they lay out what every member of their team did or that they were bringing in multiple six figures from one launch, which was not only miles away from what I actually have, but also miles away from my goals. So none of it just felt applicable to me. So today, what I wanted to share were some lessons from one of my most recent launches, which wasn't a six-figure launch, wasn't hugely massive in terms of numbers, but it was a small launch and it went well in terms of the goals that I had. So I thought I'd share a few lessons from that. So historically, my launches have followed the same pattern. There would be a small to medium flurry at the beginning of the launch, perhaps one or two sales in the middle, and then a huge influx at the end. So most of my launches to date have been several weeks long. So for something like Campfire, that was four weeks long. The kits are slightly shorter, but generally it's a couple of weeks. So I would get, in general, 10 to 20% of sales at the start, about 1% in the middle weeks, and then 80 to 90% in the final weeks and days. The most extreme version of this was an online workshop that I ran last year. Two days before the workshop, I had six people sign up. (laughs) And then by the time the workshop started, there were 60 people signed up. And actually, It started at 7pm and I know that somebody signed up at 6.59. So although less dramatic, all of my course sales have really followed that same pattern. And so traditionally, I've ramped up activity towards the end of a launch window because I know that's when the sales typically come in. There are a few reasons for this. Most of us want time to think about something, perhaps compare it to another product or another service that we're considering, kind of wrestle whether with whether we think we deserve it. Some of us also tend to leave things to the last minute. So I do this all the time. You see something that you're interested in and you think, oh, that sounds good. I might do that. And then you get distracted and you get on with your life. And then you realise, oh my God, the deadline for that thing is coming. And also it just takes time to know whether something is right for you, particularly with a considered purchase like an expensive course or a service package. You may need to just read all of the launch content that's going to come in order to know whether this really is the right option for you. 
So it was reasonable for me to expect that the launch of the trail would go the same way. But it didn't. (laughs) A third of the sales came in the first week, with the rest really evenly coming through every couple of days until I sold out the available places a week before the doors were due to close. So I want to clarify here, because trust me, I know how depressing it can be to hear these stories (laughs) about sellout launches. I'd like to clarify that this has never happened to me before. I've never sold out a program, nor have I ever sold anything with time to spare before. So I'm saying this because these results are notable because they're so rare. So in the end, the trail sold out and that launch was worth around 12k, albeit spread out over several months in payment plans. So more than these results is that the launch felt super easy. I didn't feel like I was pushing a rock up a hill. I didn't feel I had to do things that made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't bombard people. I didn't lay awake at night panicking about it. So when I say went well, in terms of the launch went well, I don't just mean in terms of finances. I also mean in terms of how I experienced it and what my life was like during the process. I'm going to come on to what I did differently in a moment. But one thing that is different between the trail and a regular course is the structure. So the trail is more of an ongoing immersive experience, a journey to a a more centred you with a community and accountability and kind of small bite-sized tasks every month, as well as access to all the other kits and courses. So it offers really good value for money on that front. Whereas The individual courses are a more focused and intensive learning environment that you have to feel really geared up to really make the most of in a short period of time. So I say this because we're not really comparing apples with apples here in terms of the launch. There are differences in the product that may have produced different buying behaviour, although I do feel that the launch methods also played a big role too. I'm going to start out by talking about what I didn't do. The things that you often see recommended as launch tips or that feel like the most obvious things to do in a launch. First of all, I am completely disinterested in using churn. And I've spoken about this more at length in a blog post about my reach, which I will link in the show notes if you kind of want to read more in depth about my thoughts about churn, but a lot of large launches rely on churn to work. So that means getting a huge influx of people onto a mailing list, probably using a freebie, and then bombarding them with emails, even if only a really small percentage are opening them. You've probably been in a launch funnel like this. So you maybe signed up for that freebie and then you got all these emails about the course they were selling. And if you unsubscribed or you stopped opening the emails, you were part of the churn the course provider would have got enough people onto the list in the first place so that even if only 1% of people kept opening the emails, they would still get a six-figure launch. Now, I really don't want to sound judgy here because obviously this is something that works and the customers who buy are most likely very happy to be buying. However, it's just not something I'm interested in doing because to be quite frank, I can't be bothered. (laughs) Um, I don't want to have to care about the things you have to care about, you know, namely 
opt-in rates and open rates and email data in order to do churn well. And I'm also not interested in driving people who neither know me nor really care about what I do onto a list. So I'd much rather have a small number of people who get it and just talk to them. So that's what I do. So along these lines, I also didn't create a new freebie specifically linked to this launch. So I actually released my slow marketing workbook freebie. So link in the show notes to get that a month or so before the trail launch. But really, this was actually just a coincidence more than anything tactical. The slow marketing workbook isn't linked to the trail in the same way that, say, a resource on planning your e-course is linked to a course about launching your e-course. So I didn't create a freebie for the trail because I knew that the people who would buy would already be on my email list. It isn't an introductory course, but a way to go deeper into my work and get input and advice from me. So a stranger who's signed up for a freebie isn't really going to care about that in the same way who's been following me and been on my email list for years does. So another thing that I didn't do was adverts, again, because I didn't want to reach people who had no idea about me or my work. I have never to date run any ads, but I'm not averse to doing so in the future at all. My background professionally was always in organic or unpaid marketing. So I was always a bit judgy about adverts and really refused to spend money as a point of honour. However, I do think that now online advertising has matured so much and it can be really valuable to the customer just as well as to you. So I know that I found products and online events through social ads, which I would never have known about without being served the ad. And I don't think they have to be as disruptive to the user experience as traditionally adverts always have been. So while advertising might not be something that I consider using for the trail, it might be something that I look at for the kits and for other introductory courses like Basecamp in the future. And I'm also starting to think about affiliates, whether I do that through my course provider or through a third party to experiment with giving previous students an affiliate link so they can get a small cut if they recommend a friend. Because if nothing else, if they're going to talk about it and recommend it, it just actually feels good to give them a little thank you for that. So finally, the last thing that I didn't do was I was, wasn't was hugely visible on social media during the launch. This is what was most surprising to me, especially because it wasn't part of the original plan. So my intention had been to be posting lots and being visible on Instagram during the launch period all through July, but that didn't happen. And it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why, There is for sure a pattern historically of me withdrawing during launches, perhaps due to kind of worrying about looking salesy or the pressure of taking up space. But whatever the reason, I do tend to recoil from visibility during launches, which isn't ideal, obviously. I also think that as the trail sold very strongly early on in the launch, I didn't feel the same need to be visible because things were happening without me doing it. So whatever the reasons, in the end, I posted to my Instagram grid just once during the launch period and to my stories maybe a couple of times a week and only a few times about the trail in itself. 
This was really interesting to me because I have always believed, because at the beginning it was true, I've always believed that Instagram is my most important channel, it's where people find me, it's where they want me to be, and I've never really challenged that to myself properly. Like I said, while a few years ago that was the case, this podcast is actually more where people find me now, and most people who are really invested in what I do are signed up to the newsletter to get the behind the scenes and all the extra stuff that you get on my email list. So while I don't discount the importance of social and visibility in a launch, I now no longer think that it's quite the number one thing or the number one factor that I used to think it was. Okay, so I hear you cry, what did you actually do? (laughs) So let's get on to what I did do during this launch. First of all, the thing I think did the most in terms of moving sales to the start rather than the end of the launch was having a long pre-launch period or pre-launch runway. The trail went on sale at the beginning of July and throughout June I was publishing pre-launch content on the blog. These posts shared the ideas and the motivation behind the trail. They shared the story of how I was putting it together and the why behind it, all without mentioning exactly what the trail was. I talked about something new and the new project, in inverted commas, but I never got into the detail of what it was going to be, what it was called or anything like that. This all happened on the blog and in my emails. So obviously I shared the blog posts themselves on stories, but I didn't get into any details there. All the meat of the content lived in the blog posts and the emails in which I shared the posts as well as a couple of bits of extra insights about what I was doing and why with the pre-launch. I mention this because I know there's a whole bunch of rhetoric out there about how blogging is dead, blogging doesn't work, and well, I just sold out a launch that revolved around blog posts. Again, the appeal of the trail is for people who are invested in my work and therefore are likely to read my blog posts and emails. So whether this would work for a very general product, I'm unsure, but really I was picking the channel based on the person I wanted to speak to rather than the one that had the biggest reach. So case in point, I think I mentioned the trail maybe once here on the podcast, even though the podcast has my highest reach. And the reason for that is I found that when I mention things I have for sale here, it doesn't really translate into sales. Perhaps that's because while you're listening, you're busy doing something else and you're not looking up what I've got for sale, right? Or you're not quite there in your journey with me and you're this is your kind of first contact with me and you're not ready to buy yet all of which is absolutely fine. But it just means I know that even though this is a high reach channel, it's also not a sales channel for me. And that means I can plan accordingly. So back to the pre-launch, I think that what really worked about it was to build anticipation. For three weeks, people had been reading content that was building to a crescendo. There were layers building upon layers that was all working towards a big reveal. 
Even from a basic brain science point of view, we have the need to finish the story, to close the information gap and make something whole. But also on a more conscious level, people were excited to see what this thing was going to be because they'd bought into the why and the concept behind it. In fact, after I sent the reveal email to my list, one very, very lovely person replied saying that they'd never opened a newsletter so quickly and had been looking forward to see what this thing actually was going to be, which is like the dream email to receive. So the pre-launch is, I think, the reason why the sales were front-ended. Whereas in my previous launches, the decision-making had to happen during the launch period. In this case, it happened before the launch period. Through the pre-launch content, people were able to identify that it was their problem that was going to be solved, their dreams that would be helped made reality, see their situations in the examples I shared, and see their beliefs and values mirrored back to them. This is the plane on which decisions are made. So when I finally released the details of the product, that was virtually just the rubber stamp on an already made decision. At the time of the launch, they were 80 to 90% sure rather than finding out about this thing for the first time. I think this is also why not being on social media so visibly wasn't a big deal because I was visible in that pre-launch phase. I was sharing all the content and putting lots of effort into the emails and that's where they were getting the value. When they were already 90% decided, me posting on Instagram was never gonna be the thing that would make the difference for them. I think I found it easier to be visible during the pre-launch because I wasn't asking for anything yet. I was simply sharing content that I was really proud of and that I knew was valuable. So this is something I'm going to see if I can replicate as a cheat code around visibility in future launches to work around my natural instinct to recoil away from visibility. So to sum up what worked in my small launch that went well. I focused on the channels where the right people for the product were most likely to be the blog and email list. I created content that didn't talk about the product but talked around it, holding up a mirror to the ideal customer to help them make the decision before they knew what it really was. I shared behind the scenes not only of the concept but of the nuts and bolts by posting snippets of the materials I was creating for the trail and it was not about driving volume in order to get sales by the law of averages, but instead about focusing on who this product was for and giving them what they needed, where they needed it to empower them to make the decision. So I hope that if you are planning a launch or you're just thinking about any future launches that this gives you some food for thought and some ideas of some things that you might be able to do any links and or resources that I mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can come and find me on instagram at simpleandseason if you have a friend who you think would really benefit from listening to this episode please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.